Welcome to Once Upon a Disney, an analytical yet fun-loving look at Disney narrative filmography from the 20th century and beyond. I'm Andy Redwine, and with me as always is my co-host, Larry Brenner. Hey, Larry, do you know what we get to do today? What do we get to do today? We get to make a podcast. I am worried that what we actually get to do, Andy, is make our, our listeners hate me today as I as I criticize a much-beloved movie. I, I know yeah. it's much beloved. Yeah, well, what movie are we doing today? We are doing The Rookie, uh, the 2002 Disney Rookie. Right, not uh, to be confused with the 1990 Clint Eastwood or, movie or the ABC crime show, which debuted in uh, 2018, or Rookie of the Year, which is another Disney movie. So, yeah. Wouldn't this it is- be great if we had each watched a different movie <laughs> and I was sitting here prepared to be like, man, Clint Eastwood, huh? And, and, <laughs> Been like, or, no, I or, think his name's Dennis Quaid, right? That yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, let, let's get into some key facts on this one. Well, let's do that. This is a biographical sports drama about the life of Jim Morris, uh, who was a relief pitcher who started his baseball career in the major leagues at the age of 35, which is ancient for a pitcher, especially one who'd suffered multiple injuries and had had multiple surgeries. So in real life, Jim Morris was selected in 1983 in an amateur draft by the Milwaukee Brewers. He had several arm injuries. He never got past the single-A minor leagues. So he retires from baseball in 1989, moves to Big Lake, Texas, with his then-wife Lori and their three children. So in the spring of 1999... Jim promised his high school team that he was coaching that he would try out once again for Major League Baseball if they won the district championship. So as in the film, the team does win the district title and Jim dutifully goes to a uh, Tampa Bay double race tryout. He's 25 pounds heavier than he was at that same tryout 17 years earlier Uh, and a little bit older. Uh, so Morris's first tryout pitch came in at 94 miles an hour. Doug Gassaway, who was the scout, thought his radar gun wasn't working. So he gets another gun. He uses it for the second pitch. It comes in at 96, then another at 95, then 12 in a row. Bam, 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 98 miles an hour. Uh, Gassaway stated that of all of the left-handed pitchers in baseball at the time, Jim easily had the third or fourth fourth best arm. So uh, Jim was offered and he signed a contract with Tampa Bay. He started in Orlando with a double A club, very quickly moved up to the triple A Durham Bulls uh, and then was moved up to the Rays when Major League Baseball expanded the team's roster in September, which happens around playoff season usually. So his first Major League outing uh, occurred on September 18th, 1999. He strikes out Royce Clayton of the Texas Rangers on four pitches. Very unfortunately for Jim, his arm problems resurfaced a year later and he was released. But he finished his career with a an ERA of 4.8. He has 13 strikeouts, nine walks after pitching 15 innings and 21 games. He didn't have any wins, but he didn't have any losses either. But five days after striking out Royce Clayton... Disney purchased the rights to Jim's well-publicized story, and the film went into production fairly quickly. Uh, the movie earned $150 million worldwide. It won the first ESPY Award for the Best Sports Film of the Year, which is ESPN Movie, uh, movie Awards. Of the movie, Jim said, watching your life unfold on the screen, it's unbelievable. That jog in from the bullpen, that's one of my greatest moments. Uh, he wrote a book entitled The Oldest Rookie, and he still works as a motivational speaker and teaches kids how to play baseball. Now, while this movie is this movie is an important movie to me because it's a Texas film and it uh, I was living in Austin at the time this was made. So there was a lot of, you know, there's a lot of Austin American Statesman articles about all the goings on and Dennis Quaid sightings and all of that. So uh, lots of of. Uh, 
shots in Thorndale and Thrall, in and around Austin, the Dell Diamond, if you know Austin much. Of course, the ballpark in Arlington, uh, all those places saw this movie made. And there's a lot of Texas-based talent in this movie, too. Uh, the director, John Lee Hancock, is from Longview. Of course, Dennis Quaid's from Houston. Jim Morris himself plays one of the umpires at one of the Orlando game. And I would be completely remiss if I didn't mention a good friend and a good friend of this podcast, Rick Dillard, who not only plays the manager of the Tampa Bay, he plays the manager of the Tampa Bay Devil Rays in this movie, but he also played a great role in the first movie I ever wrote and produced called Paradise Recovered. So there's that. Hats off to yeah. Rick. It's, fun it's always fun seeing him on screen. And it's a G-rated movie. Which is an interesting uh, thing because I know we've talked about can can Disney make a G-rated movie that's geared toward adults? And I think that was a question that was being asked in the early 2000s for sure. It is a question that I am still asking. But <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm, I am sorry. I know you love this movie, Andy. I really do uh, love this movie. And, and you're, I keep aware our listeners are on your side throughout this. <laughs> I think right. the listeners are generally on my side. Larry. Oh, oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. Anyway, I am the antagonist anyway. of this podcast. You are. You are. Sure. I don't know if I'm the protagonist, but I'm. I'm certainly. You are definitely filling the antagonist role. For sure. Well, and today, today more so than ever. Uh, let Let me begin my villainous turn by talking about the Manish Tana. Uh, so the Manish Tana is how we open our movie. It's it's why we chose. Why the filmmakers chose this particular scene? It's the, that's the question we're asking. Why are we starting here at this particular point? And obviously, as we all know, every amazing baseball movie ever made begins with the story of two nuns uh, who, who are apparently get into some sort of oil speculation business, uh, which founds a town. and. That's how this movie opens <laughs> with okay. a narrator telling us the story <laughs> of two nuns spending money to found the town. Uh-huh. Andy. Yes. Why? Okay. Well, again, this is a Texas movie and that Santa Rita uh pipeline that that oil that oil discovery was pretty pretty big there and pretty impossible. So I think the idea is to link, uh, to create a metaphor about uh, impossible dreams and and connect that to this same space. Now, you know, baseball is a game, Larry, that it's a lot like theater. Okay, you know theater, okay? I they do know have, theater. They both have colorful characters. There's a lot of sure. traditions. There's more than a few superstitions. And I... I think the continuous thread through this is baseball because, you know, those guys are playing baseball uh, as they're waiting for, you know, you know they're, they're not, not really sure what to do. But on that same ground, they're playing baseball where that, that oil was discovered. And I think that's, that's kind of where we're at. Yes, they are drawing a straight line to the idea that the nuns have made this space sacred when they prayed for oil to be found so that they uh -huh. could, so that they could make money. I, I look, my religion does have a holiday, which is about the miracle of conserving oil. So it's not right, like, right. I, I, I don't believe that miracles and oil go together, but, but it is as if like part of the resounding prayer that they did is going to, we're, we're linking that to what happens to, our main character here, right? That's the idea. Right. I mean, I think Jimmy is that guy who's trying to, to strike oil. He, he's, his wants and he has wants and dreams just in the same way these nuns have wants and dreams. And, you know, he's got a dad who delivers this mortal wound in the same way the priest delivers the mortal wound to the nuns. You know, there's more to life than baseball. You ought to try to get your money back. Um, there is no baseball. There is no oil. I mean, it's kind of interesting. And then, and just at the moment where Jimmy is trying to figure out, you know, where do I fit? I'm in this. I'm in this small town looking for socks. There's a guy who 
you know, comes along as a surrogate dad. I mean, I, th- I think you're, you're, it's, but, it's a but stretch. It's a it stretch. It is such a stretch. It also, in order to tell the story, which is a neat story, we have to create a narrator for this one part of the story who will, like the nuns, disappear from it. And I want to tell, I want to say something right up here. I am much more interested in watching a movie about two nuns who get involved in the oil speculation business than I am in any baseball movie. I want that. I want nuns going like, like I want to hear the sales pitch. I want to see them in the board of directors. I want them there the day the oil comes and it's a miracle. Make that movie. Make that movie. But instead, instead, uh, we that's that's the Manish Tana. These nuns, I I, I want to know more. I just want to know okay. more. Fair All enough. All right, but but the movie decides that you know maybe they should be about baseball, and so we pivot, uh, pivot to uh, young Jim Morris. Uh, you know his life in some other town. I don't I don't recall catching it's in, in Connecticut. In Connecticut. Right. Yes. Where where he is like the local baseball star of his little league team. Uh, We see his relationship with his father is somewhat fraught because they move from place to place. And his father is about to move the family to to another to another town, which happens not once, but twice in this in this uh, opening sequence here. I think it happens um, three times. It happens with when they, well, they move from Connecticut to Virginia, Virginia to Florida, and Florida to Texas. So, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, so it happens three times in this, in this opening right. section until ultimately they land in Texas where they're going to settle, but where baseball is not a thing because, or it is a thing, but no one cares about it because football is what te- is the sport that Texas. Because, is. yes, correct. Right. Which, that, and, and yeah, I mean, and I think it's, I think it's really, I, I mean, not only is there no baseball, but his folks leave the glove behind. I mean, they don't even, uh, Jimmy's wants and dreams and performances are never really acknowledged. He just, he just goes along to get along. And I think that whole thing sets up that Jim's still going along to get along, even when he's teaching science, even when he's, you know. It, Coach, however, it's coaching baseball. However, none of the stuff that happens to to young uh, to young Jim can be considered properly our inciting incident. Yeah. Uh, how because because he goes from town to town. We're learning things. It's all exposition. We're learning things about his relationship with baseball, which mm-hmm. he loves. Uh, he establishes a relationship with some of the the local store owners. Uh, in town, which will which will come important later, uh, we we his relationship with his father is set up as a major uh, difficulty that he's had to negotiate his entire life. Mm-hmm. But then the movie jumps ahead till he's thirty five, and I I do want to ask this question: Why we skip his first attempt? to become a baseball player and and the the injury. We skip over all of that. Uh and for me, I feel like that's probably a good area to mine for pathos a little bit, right? He's yeah. about to get his dream and then he gets hurt and his dream his dream is we think destroyed. But I think thematically daring if he's daring to dream one more time. Yeah. I mean, he talks about it, but I think seeing it would be different. I think when I was surprised when he's like, yeah, I I used to, I used to play baseball, but then I got hurt. And I was like, why did I not see that? Why did I watch him shop for socks? Because I did watch, I I know he wasn't really shopping for socks. I get it. But, but, you know, well, I think I think it's to establish the fact that he, you know, here's this little boy who doesn't really have a friend in the world. His parents don't care about him, and I think you start to see this sir, this town really start to embrace him for the first time that any adults embraced him in this movie. I I guess it's just I I I do think 
that feel this movie is two hours long uh and and some change uh i think uh and i and i feel like in a two in a two-hour movie there is space for the major events that we skip over here yeah i I don't i don't necessarily want to spend a lot of time talking about plot and rising action because this is a biographical drama and Mm -hmm. as we talked about with ruby bridges last week uh, when you when you're ba- when you're trying to be faithful to the real life events of a story, the rising action may not pop the way that rising action in a work of fiction would. What we essentially have is just the story of his life, which doesn't doesn't really. We see him as a high school science teacher and the baseball coach. We see him start to throw again a little bit recreationally, but so with no one, you, with nobody catching for him. So where do you yes. see the inside? Where do you see the inciting incident? Well, that's really the question: is where is the inciting incident? Because if this was so, so one could make the argument that the inciting incident is that uh, he throws again, but that isn't the inciting incident because we find out he's been going to the field and throwing not as hard as he possibly could uh, for, for, for a long time now. Um, so that's not the inciting incident. You could say the inciting incident is this is the time one of the ki- one of the kids that he teaches saw him saw him throw. Uh, but the truth of the matter is we go through this whole first hour of the movie and it's about the high school kids make a bet with him. Not mm-hmm. a bet, a deal. They will win the district. And if they do, he has to try out for for professional baseball again. You don't think the inciting incident is where he gives the speech to the kids about quitting? No. Because I think you don't think so. That's that's where I would put it. Because if that doesn't happen, then he doesn't try out. And and there's a there's a moment too, like it's about twenty two minutes into the movie where the high school catcher chides him with, "Let's see, you bring one," and he has to make a decision as to whether he's going to do it. I've seen you do this, and this is happening. You know, like you've got this secret life. We all know about it. Um, and then when you know, because this movie is about dreams, right? And so then at that thirty one minute mark, when he gives the speech to the kids about quitting, he says things like, "You quit on me, and you quit on yourselves." The sad part is I see it and you don't. And they and give the they throw that same speech right back at him. Exactly, I, exactly. I am with you. I do not think that is the inciting incident of this movie. And here is why. Okay. This movie is about him taking a second chance. It doesn't end with him about to have a second chance. The thing that we're waiting to see in this movie is for him to go to that tryout and really wow people. If that doesn't happen... The rest mm-hmm. of the movie doesn't happen. The stakes are never really in this. Look, you could do a movie about will the high school baseball team win the district. Mm-hmm. But we know in this movie they have to win the district because the rest of the movie won't happen until he does. Right? They can't lose. Um, there's no The, the stakes so- don't start. Until they win, and he is forced to honor his deal commitment, right? To 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 try out one more time. So the, that's the, so the that's question. The, yeah, sorry. The question I have here then. So you, what you're saying is like the dramatic question. They is already answered. It's constantly answered. It's like, oh, are they going to win? Yeah, they are. There's yeah. no tension. Like you're saying, there's not a lot of tension there because of that. There, that's there is zero tension. In any okay. Not only that, none of the kids are struggling with the idea of they're going to, like, what if they don't win? They know they're going to win if they're doing it for him. We They, they make this deal with him, and uh-huh. none of them are like, this is going to be hard for us. They're like, okay, well, you know, now that we've got a deal, we'll win, and they win. And there is 0% chance that they will lose. Gotcha. Zero. He's I mean, it reminds worried. me. You remind me of of a time when I went to a, a movie with Ron, and we're watching a sports movie, and and my husband Ron is not really a sports guy, and but 
but he's he's there with me and I'm all in and I'm leaning forward because I'm watching this and I know I mean part of me knows they're going to win right but the, they're building up and I'm really excited to see it and my husband leans over and he can't whisper and he's like I wonder if they're going to win you know as the clock is ticking down and everybody in the theater whips around to look at him and I'm like I'm nice. with Ron <laughs> I, nice, that's how pal. I am <laughs> I am. I wonder if they're going to win. I'm, I every. I wish I could be the sort of person who worries if James <laughs> Bond is going to die midway through his movie. I wish. I wish I could be that person. I'm not that person. But since I know that this movie is about this event of him getting a second chance uh-huh. of of playing again, everything that happens up until that point that gets him to that point. There cannot be any suspense because that's the movie we're going to see. And it takes us an hour to get to the point where he actually tries out. And for me, that is the part where possibly you could say it's the inciting incident. It's the first time he's actually doing something that might change the course of his life. Okay. Whether these kids, yeah, I mean, so I'm saying, I'm saying it's an hour in. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I disagree with you. I think it's the, I think it's the point where he has to make a decision, uh, where he, he, he tells the kids that he, he'll go out for it again. Um, I think it's at that 31 minute mark, but. But, but, okay. you know, but he doesn't actually think they're going to win. No, he doesn't. It's, That's it's true. just a thing. And it, it's, he's surprised when they do start winning, but right. they're he, not surprised. Right, right, right. And in that way, well, yeah. I can it see, just I can takes us too long to get to the movie. I, I And I will and, tell and you, I, yeah. we could do uh, the Mighty Ducks version of this. We could do uh, like a, a kid's team that needs the coach. And I've right. seen that movie. I've seen that movie Big several green. times. Yeah, sure. That this is bad news bears, movie. right? Right. This and I don't know that we we're not invested in actually getting to know these kids on the team. And like no, we sort of no, get a we're really sense not. of yeah. I think this this is really about him. And again, it's becoming it's less about baseball. I mean, it's a lot like Field of Dreams in that way, right? It's less about baseball than it is about this person wrestling with himself and trying to figure out because you know Jim's never a bad person. Never. Uh, but he's never self-actualized. Sure. And I, th- I think he, he's, this is the, a very understated way of somebody becoming who they were always designed to be and confronting the people and, you know, that have delivered these mortal wounds along the way. Right. And our situations that have de- delivered. It is wounds. essentially mm-hmm. lack of confidence, the movie or Indecision, yeah. the movie. Sure. But but that is, for me, sort of like watching somebody wrestle with something internally where it doesn't really manifest externally. We just have to, the music in this movie works time and a half, should get paid double time because <laughs> it is making us feel like we're watching things when in fact we're watching him walk. And it evokes an image of what must be going on in his head as he walks and he looks at things. And that is the art, by the way, of making this. Well, soundtrack. see, I would I would totally disagree. I mean, I love the soundtrack, too. But I, I think there are moments in this movie where that I, I can't forget. Like, I, I don't know. Um, well, I, I tell you what, I was working on a screenplay at the same time this movie came out. And I had a bunch of little kids. I had two kids that we'd adopted. I had another one coming and, and surprise, surprise, we had another on the way. And so we didn't know about. And so I, I've got all these. And, and the scene where he goes to the tryout and he's got kids and he's changing diapers in the back of the pickup so that he can take them, you know, he can take a meeting with somebody or, or, you know, he's, he's there. It's this, I felt that. And the fact that he was in there doing what he needed to do and had his kids with him. The whole time it felt so, that felt so, maybe Mr. Mommy to me, but uh, definitely, definitely real. Uh, the moment where he's pitching to see, like he pulls up to the, to the um, speed trap and he's like, how fast do I go? And he pitches and it says 78 and he's like, oh, okay, he goes 
but we see that it's 98, right? Yes. I mean, those little... but that's that little moment fakey, fakey. That 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 second moment is fakey fakey. We don't know that that happened. No one was. They made that for the movie, and I was of like, of course, of course, they made it for the movie. But like, it's like there are these little moments in this. I mean, I'm sure he didn't. He probably but, didn't take his but, kids to the trial either. But there are these moments thematically that make this movie like really watchable and interesting. I don't think he's just walking around. I no, I think here's I think he's thing. actually doing stuff. Yeah. Here's the thing. We know. He's throwing 98 mile per hour fastballs. Mm-hmm. But if we thought that he was throwing 78 and that wasn't good enough, that would actually, dare I say it, give some tension to this movie. And when he finds out that he's throwing 98, maybe we flash back to that sign and we see that it was broken, that it was 78, and then it flickers to 98. No, and I mean, that, I think that's I think that's dramatic irony, Larry. I mean, it's kind of fun to have this moment where you you know something that your protagonist doesn't know, which happens a lot no in this movie. tension in this for me. Even when he goes okay. for the tryout, I already know he's throwing 98 mile per hour throw, pitches. He doesn't know it. But I know it. So good news, I don't have to worry about whether he's good or not. Enough or not. I yeah. also don't think it stakes that he has to change the baby's diaper. Because I know this movie is not going to get thrown. He's not going to go back home and he's like, well, I had a chance at my dreams, but the diaper needed to be changed and I just couldn't sort it out. Like, that's not what's going to happen in this movie. The movie, the movie never has tension. It is just a man throwing a fastball, and it's really fast, Andy. But it ha- I would rather watch a baseball game, because in real time, because I don't know what's going to happen in a baseball ga- game. Right. Like, that. This, there's actual tension there, who will win, who will lose. And I would rather stick a fork in my eye than watch a baseball game. <laughs> okay. Well, when my camp went to... Okay, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> I don't know what to say about that. I mean, Larry, like when when you were like reading comic books and and memorizing uh, the Muppets, like I was reading the sporting news and uh, checking out everybody's. You know, I knew everybody's ERA and their and their batting average, right? I had those memorized. So, sure. And I, I, I mean, which is still my only legitimate use for math. But I am I am saying <laughs> I am saying that the Mar look. I am not the person this movie was made for, right? I think I am. For <laughs> sure. But I am, but but I'm saying without the buy-in of loving baseball, this movie is dull. And I have yeah. watched other baseball movies where I still don't love baseball. But right. the movie was, I, I was able to enjoy the movie. A Field of Dreams is an example of a baseball movie I enjoyed. A League of Their Own is a baseball movie I enjoyed. Um, well, I think the, the question for me in this movie is less about baseball, as I said earlier, like in, like in Field of Dreams, and more about Jim and Lori's relationship, but most importantly, Jim and his dad's relationship, and also Jim's relationship to his boy. I think those, uh, those, those things matter for me in the rising action, and, and I want to see those things get tied up. I just don't feel like this movie invests nearly as much time in any of those relationships as it does in having us watch him pitch. We watch him pitch more than any of those other things. And at a certain point, I was just like, I get it. He throws the ball fast. Uh, Okay. Okay. And, and so, and then later on in this, so, so, so at first, so let's, let's get to climax because. Okay. Let's do it. And and Andy, I want to reiterate I am wrong about this movie. <laughs> Fair enough. We have fans who enjoyed that I was I was tortured with like having to understand football and when we watched the Titans. Yes. Remember the Titans. <laughs> and and they begged us to do one sports movie a year to right. watch me be tortured with sports. <laughs> I'm giving you what I want, with what you want. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair okay. Enough. <laughs> All right. So where would you this. say the climax <laughs> of this movie is? Well, I think there's a few of them. Um, I, I I'll think, take anything. Okay. Um, I think when he goes to Arlington, I know he says, can you bring my suit jacket? But I know when he sees the suit jacket with like the yellow robes and the St. Rita's medal, it's there for him. And like, it's like, 
he he becomes aware of something that we're aware of, which is that people do love him and support him, even though he doesn't necessarily feel loved and supported or hasn't, or he feels like he's on his own, but he really isn't. I think the moment where he strikes out Royce Clayton is a, is a big one. I think the apology from his dad where he gives and his, you know, his dad kind of, you know, him haws an apology and he gives his dad the baseball. It's kind of a big deal. Although in real life, um, Jim kept the baseball. Um, so that's funny. Uh, I think reuniting with his wife after he's been on the road uh, for so long is good. And I think the whole town coming out when he realizes that the whole town came out. I mean, there's this homecoming aspect to it. Um, I don't know if you've ever read that book, but there there is this beauty of realizing that everything you've ever wanted is really where you've always been. And maybe those folks you know, it takes a village to raise a gym, right? And they've been with them the whole time, ever since he bought the socks. So, right. yeah. So, so that's your answer for this. That's and I'm going to say, I'm going to say the closest, I'm going to say, I did not experience a climax in this movie. I, I feel like the climax is, is he going to, is he going to throw fastballs fast? The, 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 manager comes over to him and says, listen, that fastball ball that you were showing me earlier, can you do that three times? And he says, I'll try. And me sitting there going, he better. That's all I've seen him do. What does he mean he'll try? That's all I've seen him do. It's 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 what he does. Was I even a little bit concerned that he wasn't going to throw the ball fast? This movie could be called Throw the Ball Fast because that's all I've seen. So so what you would have liked to have seen maybe is his arm hurting or something yes. flaring again. Or yes. um, there's maybe he starts slipping, maybe starts walking people um, yes. in, the, in the minors and then has to pull it together. We never like see him fail. Not ever. Good point. Good point. That's in this. Fair. His journey is just one heroic, te- it's the labor, it's not even the labors of Hercules. There's no, all of the struggle is internal. It's not, can I do this? It's, should I do this? But right. he knows he can. He knows he, he just can. doesn't know if he should. I think there's a, there's a moment too with his dad. I think that's where he does fail is that he really can't talk to his dad directly even though his dad is really tra- like his dad. I don't think is- that's his failure. His dad is. No, I don't, I don't, I don't think so either. I, I agree, but I th- also movie. think his, I think his dad is trying in the, like the character starts trying, like he gives his, uh, he gives Hunter a baseball glove, a first baseman's mitt. He, uh, you know, like he, there's this underlying, he can't come out and say, dad, I really, I wish I could have this part of you. Right. I, I'm, it, there's, there's no real confrontation. And I think that is something that I wish there was. I when wish when there his was dad like says to him the thing he doesn't want to hear, mm-hmm. it was, is a great opportunity for Jim to get mad at his father and say, is that what you're going to say? Um, mm-hmm. And and really say like my, and really just let out exactly what was going on or all everything he's been repressing all of those years get that out of his system and then maybe we could see some real conversations happen between him and his dad that would feel to me like we're really watching a relationship get repaired so but, you want to you want to see jim that you know that that old adage of the you know we tie him up to the railroad tracks and then we set the railroad tracks on fire and here's the train coming i mean you want more you want more failure, more outs, more more. I want that. that you won't. I want I, that I climax you. that we talk I about in every movie, where the forces of good and evil contend. Yeah. Or when the stakes feel at their highest, where if things go wrong, they they will be disastrous. And the truth of the matter is, Jim's life prior to not getting to be in the major leagues uh, or, or getting to play baseball, pretty good. He's not unhappy. He can always fall back on it, it seems. His marriage in this movie seems to go through a rough patch, but that Mm -hmm. is resolved prior to what the movie would consider its climax, which is this final strikeout. And And he is not at that moment in the movie grappling with his relationship with his father. That's not even on his mind. That's a that's an afterthought. 
to the climax. So I wonder if, well, I have some wonders now. I wonder if the reason why that didn't happen, we didn't have so many twists and turns, is that we want this movie to be G-rated. I think that's I right. Mean, and, and it falls into the Princess Diaries trap, right? Because, I mean, let's face it, minor league baseball is an R-rated experience, right? Uh, but the relationship with Brooks makes it seem more G-rated. I mean, that's just one example I can think of. Um, more tension with the mom. I mean, they, I mean, in real life, they got divorced, right? So that could be interesting because I think there was some family drama when Jim decided to to become part of the of the team. The, the stakes just never are yeah, yeah. there. He, he may not get the second chance at his dream, but if he doesn't, he's no worse off for the try. Yeah. He's got a family that, that, that seems to be pretty good. He's got a job where he is, he is loved by the, he's got a community that supports him. It's mm-hmm. almost a better movie if he fails and he comes back to it and he says, but now that I've tried it and I almost had it, I know I gave it everything. And that's what's important. The actual getting of it is kind of a letdown for me. I think one of the problems with this movie is that there is too much dramatic irony in that we do see more about what's going on with Jim before Jim sees it. I think you're always ahead of him. We're always ahead of him. And I don't think that's, I think it would be better if we discover things when he does. Like, you know, he pitches the balls, the kids screaming, everything's going, maybe he has to take a break and, and tend to her and then comes back out, they yell at him. And then, you know, he's, they're like, okay, we'll call you or, or we won't, we'll be in touch or whatever. And that's it. And he drives home dejected. And we don't know anything, you know, we're just, we're just as in the dark as he is. Right. I and mean, that's just an example yeah. Um, this movie presupposes we know the story. And if you're a baseball fan, you do know this story. Right, right. But if you're me, you don't really know it that well. But right. but but seeing everything in advance is just like, well, why don't I just have someone tell me the story in 45 seconds and save myself two hours? Yeah, yeah, I, I can see I can see that. Yeah. I'm I'm really trying to see it from your point of view, and I'm really trying I appreciate to- that. I appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> I, I think um, let's dig into characters a little bit because I think there are some uh, the the cast is great. Um, oh, I, don't, and I, I think, don't disagree with that at all. I think, I, I think there are I, a lot of good performances. Yeah, yeah. I, Jim Morris is uh, Dennis Quaid. I, I think there are layers of performance. Uh, Jim is truly a different person with everyone he's with. Um, I I think that's interesting, and it really isn't until he gets the call to the show that he really becomes himself. And I, th- I said this earlier, he's never a bad person, right? But he's never, he's never really self-actualized. And I don't think it, it, he becomes, he, he doesn't really become self-actualized until he's, you know, he's in that locker room. I mean, what's funny is there are other things he's great at. It looks like he's a great science teacher. Uh, for, uh, it looks like he's a great baseball coach. But he's um, different with the kids and he's different with the baseball kids and he's different in the office and he's different with his dad and he's different with his mom and he's different. He is sure. a, he is a people pleaser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think it's interesting. I mean, I think it's a, it's subtextual. I, I think I'd like to see, a, like, if I have a criticism, I think I'd like to see, and maybe his mom does talk about this, because she, but she calls him stubborn. I'm not sure stubborn is that. He's a people pleaser. See, I I felt that that I felt that conversation with his mom was unfair to him because it really implies that all of the problems between Jim and his father are equally both of their both of their fault. Right. But the truth of the matter is his father set the tone for what their relationship was. It was a relationship where if dad said jump, you said you said how high. Um, that, that, that was how it worked. And to be like, you're both stubborn. That's not stubborn. That is the Mm -hmm. ongoing results of having a relationship where your father didn't let you talk to him. And if we want to see that change, Jim has to be able to overcome his fear of his father. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. He's not being spiteful. 
He takes <laughs> his son to see his grandfather and and does not pick fights, even when he wants to. Uh, and so I felt like when mom was like, you know, you need to, you need to really try harder with your father. Why don't you have that conversation with your ex-husband? Which Why is an he- odd, it's an odd conversation for her to have with him. That's yes. another, yeah, like, let's talk about Aline and Jim for a minute. It's an odd conversation for her to have with Jim because she divorced Jim's dad. By like, her she logic, could, maybe she yeah. could have tried harder. Exactly. That is exactly. not my stance, listener. That is not no, my stance. No, no, no. No, no, no. Mine either. But it, it is it is sort of like, well, you should have done this and you're so stubborn. And it's like, well, but you divorced him. So you you decided to remove yourself from his life. Why do you think that's the wrong decision for me? We both know the same person. The things that bothered you about right. dad are the things that bother me about dad. Absolutely. I I I felt I felt like that is a sort of that is a sort of thing which which means that even though they've gotten divorced, she will mm-hmm. always be his wife. You know, she's she's yeah. she's trying to she's trying to keep that family together, even though her commitment to it sh- shouldn't exist anymore. She, it's not her right. job to keep that relationship intact. And notice that there's a birthday party for Hunter, right? And Dad's not invited, right? <laughs> right. So, I mean, and, and his, I mean, his, Brian, Brian Cox does such a great job with this, with Jim's dad. Like I, I tense up when he's on the, on the screen. I, and I think his very presence does set up that dramatic question. Like, is this, is this worth reconciling with and, and why? But they don't make enough of a meal of it because his, what if his father went to the game? Wait, we know he does go to the game. Right. But what right. if what if Jim sees his father up in the stadium and that throws off his game? That makes that moment about him and his father and overcoming it. But instead, yeah. his father's not present at the climax to us. Um, and we only find out that he was there later. Jim After just throws I mean, yeah. three fans I mean, in a row. And he, he threw four. Um, in, in reality, it'd be interesting to see if he, like, he, oh, maybe on the third pitch, he could strike him out, but he sees his dad and he goes wide or something, you know, he, he throws way off, like something, you know, he's. He throws way off. He looks wild. at his father and he gets the support from his father. It's in the eyes where he knows his father knows he's got this. And that's yeah. a movie. That's a movie yeah, to yeah. him. His father is now on his team. Yeah, it's Adrian looking at Rocky, right? It's Yes. It's, uh, yeah. Which yeah. is which is another sports movie that I don't like the sport, but I can watch Rocky. Right. Rocky's a great movie. Rocky is a great movie because it's a lot it's a lot less about boxing and a lot more about um again, daring to dream, right? And there are points along the way where Rocky doesn't win. Right. That's true. So, good point. Uh Lori Morris, uh Rachel Griffiths, who I like a lot. I thought um, as I thought it was a good performance. Um, it is unfortunate for me uh, watching this that I feel like she's cast in the antagonist role in this movie more more so than I think um, Senior is uh, okay. Jim's dad is. Uh, I feel a lot of the tension in this is him saying, "Don't tell your mother that I'm throwing again." Um, <laughs> You know, as if baseball is the other woman in their relationship and that and I mean, I mean, that's that's how that's how this is set up. And I I, look, I don't know his personal life. And and maybe that's maybe that's true. Uh, Maybe that's how it was. For me, that's a that's a hard thing to watch because I'm generally of the opinion if you have to keep it a secret from your spouse you probably shouldn't be doing it. Yeah, I mean, I think she has every right to worry about him. I mean, an arm injury is real if he's had multiple surgeries and multiple things, you know. And seeing to him. if we had seen that injury earlier and how bad it sense. was when he actually hurt. That might that might inform this relationship a little bit more. We watch him struggle through some rehab 
where he's, you know, like, you know, they're concerned that his arm might be permanently damaged in some particular mm-hmm. way. Um, and, and for her, like, I, I think, I think there's some room there to make this relationship a little more complicated as it is. She's just kind of a downer. She says the wrong thing when the movie needs the movie to say the wrong thing. But then like two seconds later, she says the right thing. Um, it, and it's interesting to me that she, he has set up a relationship with Lori uh, in the, it's a lot like his relationship with his father when he was young. He never can really say what's on his heart. So there's a moment where he goes to his dad at the base um, which you can't do that anymore, but he rides his bike to the base and Todd goes to see his dad. And uh, he talks to his dad and his dad, uh, did you win? Yeah. You know, okay, well, we're moving again. This is happening. No, nope, they don't have baseball. They don't have this. And when they're sitting on the, on the uh, porch with wine and she makes fun of the wine that he bought and he's, you know, it, she kind of makes fun of him and his tastes. And then he says, I'm throwing again. And she's like, I'm going to go see the kid. You know, I got to go see about the kids. So there's this kind of tension. It's kind of like, it's not about what you want, Jim. It's about how I feel about what you want. But you know what scene I, I wish they could made a bigger deal out of? It's, it's mm-hmm. pretty much the first scene with her. They're lying in bed together and the baby is crying. And we mm-hmm. see her, her eyes are wide open and she's, and you can, you can see, I, I mean, I read this as he's failing the test because his wife is clearly exhausted. And, and he, he says, do you want me to go up and, and, and get her? And she's like, yeah, go, go up and get the baby. And he's like, I'll, I'll get, I'll get the baby in a minute. And she says, is this like a real, you'll get up in a minute or is it, you'll go back to sleep. And he's like, well, I'm trying to figure that out. And she gets up and gets the baby. Mm-hmm. Later, when she, like two seconds later, as she's holding the baby, he gets up and, and, and ostensibly is, it's to show us he's a good guy after all. And mm-hmm. he's like, he's like, listen, I'll take the baby. And she says, no, it's your time to sleep. But you know what? Once she's gotten out of bed to get the baby, your time to be a hero has passed. She's awake now. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you, you either get up and get that baby as it cries or, or not. But, but I don't know. For me, I thought that that, like a relationship where she, we see more of her struggling and adding baseball to this right now, uh, is, is going to make her struggles harder in ways. Yeah. By the yeah. time things act, I, I feel more work could be if you want to make the relationship about, this and I, the movie about this relationship rather i think there's room to do it but again because it's g-rated i think we're getting the most uh lukewarm marital problems yeah. we could yeah. ever have they are they are like by the numbers but it's nothing we haven't seen before and we're never really worried for them but maybe we should be i wonder if this is disney's attempt and i just thought of this to kind of make a faith-based movie I think it is uh, because there were there, that was kind of starting to become a thing about that time. Uh, I mean, there had always been faith-based movies in the past, but getting a mainstream faith-based movie to get people to go see it, I think and I, it feels like they're playing like I hard definitely and pulling punches for that reason. I definitely read this movie, and I wasn't going to get into it, but now that you've said it, I've read this yeah. as very much a Christian text. Uh, as right. I'm watching it, yeah. that there are that there are these miracles happening for Jim to make sure that he will get his baseball dream that he's unaware of. And one of those miracles is the thing with the sign not actually showing him the actual number. Uh, there's mm-hmm. the bits, you know, uh, there's like there's like all sorts of like little things. And I think we're supposed to see the hand of fate in all of that. Yeah. Um, and that if you if you have faith, you'll get all of your dreams. I just like Pinocchio, right? <laughs> right. I just, I just have, I just have to say, I, I have trouble getting on this train where because two nuns prayed for oil, it, it, it leads to this subsequent miracles, which is essentially about. Look, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to go too much into a faith-based place, 
on this for the right. for the movie. But I, I but I think it's also faith based light. Like I, I we don't really take time out for the sermon. Right. As you think about the Aline. But I think it's an allegory. I th- I think they're taking. Yeah. Here's the here's the tricky part for me. They're taking real life events and they're sh- yeah. they're shaping it to create turn it into an allegory. And yeah, I I think real you know the in order to do that you have to take a real life story and sand the edges off of it to make it fit right. your allegory. When actually probably the real story is better than the one we're getting. Yeah. Agreed. Even the music, even the music is sacred music, telling us that every moment is sacred and important, whatever you're seeing. Yeah. Uh, what about the owls, the the kids, the kids ball team, the high school kids ball team? Um, I think it's interesting that they're named the owls. It's fun. They're kind of wise beyond their years, right? Yeah. In a lot of ways. I, I wish I knew them better, um, is, is yeah. what I want to say is, uh, he has a sort of generic relationship with the whole team, mm-hmm. but but you know they they are they are not really full characters, um, and the story's not. Jim kind of has a it just hits me. Jim kind of has a generic relationship with everybody. That's exactly right. Everything is everything until is generic. again that homecoming at the end where he. Yeah. Yeah, his surrogate fathers and Henry and Frank and Cal are there. Uh, the owls are all there. The whole the whole town's there for him, right? Yeah. Uh, and the but movie it, makes it a point to say, yeah, he still lives in Texas. But it but it's essentially saying you've seen other movies, so you've seen relationships like this. We're just going to let mm-hmm. you know these relationships are like movies you've other movies you've seen. Will give you mm-hmm. just enough to indicate what they're they kind of are without doing any of the work to make them special. We we rarely see him. In, in private moments with most of the cast. That's interesting. That's interesting. Uh, the minor leaguers, I just, Brooks, um, that was my, my note earlier, and I, I said it already, that minor league ball really is an R-rated experience. If you want to see that, you can see, you know, Bull Durham. Uh, but Brooks is almost like in awe of Jim because Jim's helping his kid, you know, with homework on the phone. And, you know, he's... They they really look to him as a as a father figure, but they're also you know they kind of razz him a little bit because he is older. Sure, um, I mean, but for me, like, yeah, there there's a there's a, another place where there's false tension here, which is they raise the idea that he's actually in the minor leagues for his story and not for his actual abilities, which only works if his actual abilities aren't real, but they are demonstrably real. We've watched right. them throughout this movie. We know that if yeah, we need to see a miss. You're right. You're right, Larry. We need to see him miss. I, yeah. I'm with you. Yep. Uh, we need to see him try to compete with these younger men and find it to be a struggle. You know, struggle we, to run against. Yes, struggle. He's got. To, yeah, yeah. They all have to do laps. He comes in last. Now he's the pitcher. Right. You know, he doesn't need to run right. the bases as. Best. And this is this is I'm I'm assuming, although maybe you know, I don't know. Um, Getting so yeah, yeah. I guess he does. Uh, but maybe make something of that. Maybe he might be an amazing yeah. pitcher. But like when he tries to hit, terrible. When he tries to run, I don't know if that's real for him or not. Because yeah, again, yeah. I know nothing about it. But like find the places where he can't compete. Find the mm-hmm. fact that maybe he needs to take a nap in the middle of these intense training sessions right right, right. because or he throws well, up or he just can't hack it he can throw but is the, he doesn't have the stamina of a 25 right. year old right. That, right that's real to me that's something he could do maybe he can throw great but this pace is unsustainable for him yeah yeah there are ways to do this I, i'll go one step further andy i think yeah. this could be a movie i'd like but but oh. the soft choices that are made here every step of the way to make sure that we like him and to never worry or have tension make it very hard for me to like it. I think, again, I'm going to go with this is this is a movie that comes out about the same time as The Princess Diaries, right? I mean, it's about the same. Yeah, it space. might be a philosophy of filmmaking. It might be. 
that they were looking for G-rated stuff. And this is kind of how they landed because the, I, the same, we're having the same conversation that we had about the princess. Stuff. Unintentionally. I wish we yeah, had planned yeah. it that way. I yeah, wish we had, yeah. We and, had, and yeah, I mean, and, but I, I think there were stakes in uh, Remember the Titans. Um, yes, but I enjoyed that movie, even though yeah. it's a sports movie. There was a lot. I, I was I was always feeling the stakes in that movie. Right, right. Even right. if I and don't understand how football is played even a little bit, they knew that was enough. Yeah. I wanted yeah. them to win. And yeah. here, I you know. You just don't have it. Yeah. You know he's going to win from the get-go. And from so the beginning. It's, it's, too, it's too much dramatic already. Yeah. Yep. Too much. Too, too much. much. It's possible to have too much. Uh, pitch time. Let's do it. Okay. All right, Andy. All right. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna pitch mine first because I think yours is gonna be better. <laughs> is it is yours is your pitch a fastball, then a fastball, no. and then another fastball? <laughs> no, it's not it's not 12 fastballs in a row. Oh, okay. Uh, but you know, Jim's life is interesting to me because it's taken since this movie was made, like he actually got a divorce the, the year this movie came out. Uh, and his life has taken some new twists and turns. He he went on a blind date and uh married a new a new woman that he met at church. Um, he's dealt with addiction and chronic pain. And I think it would be interesting to, for him to look at redemption through that lens, like, and ask the dramatic question, what does it mean to keep dreaming and have to shift your dreams? Even when your heart gets broken, yeah. because you know, it's nice to pitch and but he made league minimums. I mean, he didn't get rich doing it. And so like, then what do you do when the dream's really over? then what do you have to do? So I think that's what my sequel would be about Jim's, Jim's in, life. In, in a way, coming forward. I think you're, I think you're right. I think there's some interesting stuff that comes after this, that maybe they just made the movie too soon. And his real life story hadn't gotten to the point where we could get the full arc out of this. Oh, I think they, but when they made this movie, I think they thought he was going to be the next Nolan Ryan. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think they, I think they did. And so they're like, get it out there quick so that we can make it happen. Do you, wait, do you know who Nolan Ryan is, Larry? I do not. I do not. <laughs> okay. He's a really, really strong pitcher for uh, Houston Astros. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. But anyway, go ahead. Uh, yeah. Since, uh, yeah. Okay. So I so, want to hear your I want to hear your pitch. <laughs> oh, I, I, you're going to love this pitch. Are you ready? Okay. Okay. So yes. I'm not about I I tend towards going away from biography. So I'm going to do something inspired by this story. Okay. All right. Um, so I'm going to age up our protagonist a little bit. Uh, he's not going to be 35, which to me still feels young. He's going to be closer, like 45, 46. Um, but here's the thing about our protagonist. Our protagonist reads a lot of comic books, really loves the Muppets, thinks of himself as a screen screen screenwriter. Uh, he has a podcast where he talks about Disney movies. But one day he goes to, to the backyard and, and he's coerced into playing a baseball game and discovers that he can throw a fastball at 105 miles per hour. Okay. He's got 105 mile per hour. And so, so like, and as it happens, like, you know, as a joke, he goes and he tries out and at 46 years old with (laughs) no understanding of the game or the history of the game or who the other players are (laughs) or or, or how to hold a glove. (laughs) Can't hit. Doesn't know which way to run around the bases. Um, none of it. He gets on the team and he, he is propelled into this major league baseball world. It is a self insert fan fiction. What if I was the rookie? And during, during the game, what here's, here would be the shot in the trailer. You're right. We're in the game. Everybody's playing. Things are getting really tense. Like there's a pitcher, he's up there and, and like the manager goes like, you know, the coach goes like, all right, you're out. And we, we do like a, a scroll across the pitch, across the, um, 
you know, the the dugout, the place where all the where, where all the players sit. Yeah, the dugouts. Like, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And like we go a bunch of people, and as the, you see, like all these people intensely watching, intensely watching, and then there's me. And I'm reading a Spider-Verse graphic novel. And the guy next to me nudges me. And, I, and he's like, he's like, they're calling you in. I'm like, oh, all right. <laughs> Fine. Outfits in the majors. <laughs> I think, I think this movie, honestly. Reluctant rookie, yes. Needs yeah. to be made. <laughs> I love it. I would happy. write it myself. But I don't know the baseball stuff. Maybe we work together. I, I mean, I, yeah, I can help you with the baseball stuff. That okay, because 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 yeah, I think I can write all the scenes where they're like, ah, oh, and they're like, and they're like, what are your stats? And I'm like, five nine and a half. Is that <laughs> what? Excellent. What's have you pitched any no hitters? And I'm like, maybe. <laughs> I wasn't paying attention. Oh, that's amazing. Yes. Yes. Okay. The reluctant the reluctant rookie. The reluctant rookie. And it's yeah. rated <laughs> it's rated R. <laughs> oh yeah, there there's gonna and have it's to a be hard like, R <laughs> for, for language, right? <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, what movie do we hope to tackle next week? And I'm saying hope to tackle friends because sometimes we have guests and Things happen. So if we didn't get to the movie that you thought we were getting to, please don't worry about it. Down the line, uh, Oliver and Company is coming. And down the line, The Sign of Zorro is coming. Uh, Oh, good. So so my best guess is it's Oliver and Company. But if it's not, it'll be something good. Something good. It's always something good. It's It's TBA. It is my favorite movie, (laughs) TBA. TBA. That's right. Well, if you like what you're hearing, will you do us a favor and share this podcast with another Disney or classic movie fan? And please check out our Once Upon a Disney Facebook page or drop us a line in our mailbag at onceuponadisneypodcast at gmail.com. So until next time, friends, see you real soon. I'll give you three strikes, big and small, but get a fourth strike and you'll lose them all!